things have gone wrong. They've gone wrong in Babylon to Babylonians. There's no need to believe the Bible is the word of God to understand this. Believe what you wish about the Bible's origins and mode of formation. The story about the Garden of Eden could be a fictional account about events on a different planet. Regardless, the story recounted is an accurate depiction of what went wrong. It may make this claim easier to deal with if we look at what it means to do right. After all, this is a very much disputed idea. We call a business that does the right thing an ethical business. But advice on what makes a business ethical appears to have more to do with what makes the writer on the ethical business, what makes the writer money, and what puts the business on the right side of morality. Consider this for a moment. If books were written about how to rob banks ethically, how effective do you think the advice would be? Not very effective, because robbing banks cannot be ethically justified. At least they can't for most people. Interestingly, all these consultants being paid to advise business leaders on how to run their business in an ethical way never question whether this is a logical possibility. None of them demonstrate they know what an ethical person is, let alone what an ethical business would look like. Legally, it is illegal for a corporation not to seek the best returns for its stockholders. For governments, an ethical corporation makes as much money as it is able to for its stockholders even to exploiting every loophole it can find to avoid paying taxes. The best statement of ethics is the golden rule. The golden rule tells us to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Without going into this discussion in a deeper way, we had one in an earlier video on the golden rule. The golden rule translates into a free market. Evil is no more or less than a business or person that externalized costs onto society and future generations. Committing evil is simply not paying our bills. The issue in Eden was a couple that did not want to pay for what they had made use of or wanted to make use of. It is possible to link death with debt. Interestingly, those who do not pay their costs develop rationalizations to justify the debt. Cain believed he was owed recognition by God, yet it was his narcissism that rationalized the blood debt he eventually acquired. God owns the natural world. No human, no human agency has any claim on anything natural. Our personal use claims can be excused. God gave us dominion over the earth. 
He put people in charge of things, but not for their enrichments. We aren't to benefit personally on what we are in charge of. What we get is to be paid by God. We don't pay or decide what to pay ourselves. We are condemned both for allowing God's wealth to lie fallow, not making use of what we are giving, and for appropriating the wealth God increased, that is, the wealth God gave us, using all this for our own purposes. We can refer to this as forms of avarice. This is why the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money is a measure of the wealth we have claimed for ourselves. The love of money is the love of wealth to the point one does not purchase or build, one makes money work for you. The love of money is using money to our own detriment. We get too greedy. We take money or want money more for what it is or what it represents to us than for the work that it can do for the world. We can enjoy personal use if justified by the work we do. The worker is worthy of his or her wages. If we work for God, we are worthy of what God gives us for our pleasure. This is the category of wealth known as personal ownership. But there are two other kinds of ownership which are far more problematical. Private ownership, as relating to capital, exploits the things of God for one's own benefit or glory. Public ownership is no better. This is called socialism, but ultimately, private ownership is legitimized by the state, and it is a private-public partnership. So, technically, even private ownership is a form of socialism. Being that as it may, a small private business can be excused. It is not ideal, but small businesses owned by the owner and owned and operated by the owner is not a major issue. We need to pick our battles. When it comes to financial institutions like banks, stock um, broker, brokerages and so on, and other large businesses, global institutions and so on that have and hire many employees at that point we have crossed the line the bible tells us we are to sell all we have and give to the poor people think the advice is hyperbole or just silly at best the reader thinks jesus was just playing with a rich young man to show him up Perhaps show him for what a loser he is, because he put his wealth before the joy of following the Savior. This puts Jesus in a poor light, but on the other hand, in the eyes of the reader, it rescues the believer from having to do what the rich young man could not. This actually puts them in precisely in the sandals of that same rich young man the reader ends up preferring to walk away from Jesus from obedience than 
to sell what they have and give it away. This is why it benefits us to believe in the story of Eden. If we can do this, then we are forced to consider the truth of this later story. This is important because if we cannot entertain the idea that the story is applicable to us, we will never understand the solution to the Eden story. In other words, we need to believe the Eden story to entertain the validity of the story about the rich young man. And if we don't do the latter, we will never understand the truth of Eden and the solution to it. The problem we face is externalized costs. We take what does not belong to us. The worst form of this is taking ownership of assets that belong to God. Oil is a natural resource claimed by oil companies. They profit from this resource, though they did not create it. The explanation they use is that they found it. They drilled for it. They refined it. And they distributed it. So they deserve the profits. Really? The Bible says the worker is worthy of his wages. If you found the oil, then you deserve to be paid for the work you expended finding it. If you distributed it, then you deserve to be paid for your work in distributing the finished product. Finding it does not make you the owner of it. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers only works when what is found was actually lost. God knows every hair on your head. He has it counted. He knows when a sparrow falls. He sees everything. He knows the past, present, and future. He knows where his oil is. It would not be ethical or biblical to sell your capital to another individual. This is just a transfer of sin. We transfer ownership of what we have as capital to the church. This creates its own problems because the church is not configured in the way the Bible defines it. The church ought to be considered a brokerage representing members' accounts. Remember, the church is to be charitable. It is a, a charitable organization. Charity is an economic attribute. The brokerage facilitates charitable giving and indeed charitable living. This is not the charity we are accustomed to. We do not work in the fallen world to share some of the spoils of the needy. This is not the charity the Bible talks about. Charity, biblically speaking, is more about a willingness to make a deal, to make concessions, to not be greedy, to not be governed by avarice and the love of money. Again, the love of money is not compatible with a charitable perspective. Think of a charitable exchange. Each member of the church is a member of the exchange. This is a local group that functions as a brokerage. Capital is transferred to the brokerage. The brokerage issues preferred shares to compensate the seller for what he has transferred. 
preferred shares are issued in multiples of itself or denominations identical with those used for domestic currency. The preferred shares serve as a fully backed currency or unit of account. Members work for the exchange and are paid at a predetermined rate. Wages are paid using the preferred shares of the exchange. The exchange produces goods and services that are purchased using preferred shares. All capital is owned by the church brokerage. Individuals own personal property, but not commercial property. There is no unemployment, debt, inflation, pollution, depressions, taxations, or any other social cost. All goods, including social goods, this is roads, bridges, schools, protection, justice, and so on. All of these are produced by the exchange or the church. All people who create value for the brokerage and by extension, the members of the church are paid for in preferred shares. There is no benefit to the exchange to have people unemployed or even underemployed. There is no benefit to the externalization of costs. All costs are paid for by the exchange, and so the externalization of costs is not only impossible, it's impractical and unnecessary and pointless. All that is needed to reform the system, and by this reform Babylon, into what the Bible advocates, or in other words, to reform Babylon into the biblical church, is for the church to form a brokerage, and all those who have capital or underused assets transfer these to the exchange for preferred shares. Otherwise, everything operates as before. The difference is that, is that private and public ownership is eliminated. The church owns commercial assets. The church pays the worker his wages that he earns, and the worker purchases what he needs from the brokerage. And it is as simple as that.